John Gruden is out as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders because of offensive emails that people have found, and who knows what else. The sports world has been in an uproar over this, and the opinions have been quite conflicting. My question is, how should we respond to this as a Christian? So today, I want to give you a pastor's perspective. Don't go anywhere. Hey guys, welcome to PJ Sports Talk Radio. Okay, maybe not. Actually, it is Thinking Out Loud with PJ. And on this channel, it gives me an opportunity to think out loud as a pastor, give pastors perspective. And really, it's my goal to help you think different and help you think biblically. Today, I want us to think biblically about John Gruden. How do we respond to that? And really, I'm not here to throw John Gruden under the bus. I'm here to talk about what has been talked about publicly and help us process how we as Christians can learn from this. There's some valuable things that we need to learn. Really, my thought process got started through an article that I read uh, put out by Regular Baptist Ministries, and I will drop a link down in the description here if you want to go find that and read that article. It was written by Steve Byers, who is pastor to church in uh, Faith of Lafayette, Indiana, and it was called The High Price of Course Jesting, and he brought out some great points that really got my mind uh, working towards this. And so I thought I would do this video. The first thing, though, that we should probably talk about, because there might be some of you who are watching this saying, I don't even know who John Gruden is. John Gruden was a head coach in the NFL. He's a Super Bowl winning coach. He was also uh, took some time away from the sport, or at least being active in the sport, to be an ESPN analyst. Really, I would say probably for many people, he was a well-liked person. He did a good job at, at his ESPN gig. And then he was called back into the NFL to coach by the Raiders and offered a 10-year, I think it was like a $100 million contract, just a, a massive amount of money. So for him to be out and walk away from that, resign, uh, that's a big deal. That's quite a loss. And again, I'm not here to talk about necessarily all those details, nor nor the idea of cancel culture. I don't want to talk about any of those things. We're going to learn some lessons today. I have four lessons that I want to pull out from this. Uh, the first lesson that we need to, to learn today that we should think about is really there is never a place for this kind of talk. Uh, there's been a lot of talk amongst the ESPN analysis, especially those those talking heads that we see about, well, he really was just talking amongst friends. We talk different amongst friends. We talk different in the locker room. We talk different wherever. But guys, let me tell you, there is no place for that. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter if we're in the locker room. It doesn't matter if we're with friends. What matters is that God has called us as Christians to a higher standard. Okay, we, we are not to be talking like that. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. I, I don't think it gets any more clear than that. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up 
as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So again, if you don't know what's going on, John Gruden in this whole NFL investigation was basically caught or uncovered. They uncovered some emails that he had been uh, writing. They were racist. They were very crude. There was there was all kinds of speech going on that was really inappropriate, whether about other players or the commissioner of the NFL. Uh, terrible talk. And Paul tells us here in Ephesians, as Christians, that should not happen. We can't say, well, we were, you know, we were in the locker room or we were on the golf course with the guys or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. We should never speak that way. We should never speak about another human being in a corrupt way. We forget often when we are looking at others and and it's easy for us to talk down to them. It's easy for us to to think, well, you know, they're they're not as smart as me or they whatever we might think about them. They're created in the image of God, and they are created as God intended them to be created. He created each person special, and we need to remember there's somebody out there that doesn't think we are as great as we think we are. So we just really need to remember before we start throwing around this corrupt speech that that we need to be careful about that. We need to be loving. We're called to love those around us, not to have this this coarse behavior or this jesting behavior. Unfortunately, we live in a world where anger towards other people, this crass speech is prevalent. It's everywhere. It's easy for us to hide behind a keyboard, behind a screen, and say the things that we say. The other thing that I really want to encourage you with as we're here is to be careful how you speak about those who rule over you. In this case, John Gruden had some some pretty nasty things to say about the commissioner of the NFL, which really kind of ultimately in some way is his boss. Now we we recognize that he worked for a team, but but still you're 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 talking about somebody who has rule over you. So I wonder, how do we speak about our bosses? How do we speak about those who who are over us. What about, especially as Christians, if we don't agree with those who are in political power over us? Man, I see it all over the place. I see this coarse jesting. I see this 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 evil speech, whether it's complaining about work, co-workers, bosses, or political figures. I want you to think about uh, how, what Paul tells Timothy in Timothy, in Second, First Timothy, rather, First Timothy 2, 1 through 3, he says, first of all, then I urge you that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and then here's the big one, guys, that we forget about, giving of thanks be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that they may lead a peaceable and quiet life godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. So there's a couple things. First of all, we forget to that we are to give thanks for those who God has, has put in rule over us, whether it's a boss, a political figure, whatever it is. And we speak in ways about them that we never should as Christians. And then we also forget that that then that it's said clearly said here that uh, we uh, that this if we do this if we give thanks if we pray for them if we seek their best interest that it is good and pleasing to God. There's not a lot of things in Scripture that tell us that that this is good and pleasing 
to God, but this is one of them. So first of all, we should never speak in that way. As we look at a man like John Gruden, we can't just throw him under the bus because I believe we've all been there. We've all had something to say about another person that we shouldn't. And and as Christians, we need to take stock in that. We need to examine our lives and say, man, look at what this has done to him. I don't, I don't want that in my life. The second lesson that we can learn from this is that he was a leader of men. I don't know that I've heard anybody talk about this. They all talk about the things he said and his attitude towards other people. They don't talk about that John Gruden was a leader of men. Therefore, he was leading men in this way. And we have some pretty clear instructions in Scripture, especially in the book of Titus. That's where my mind went. Titus chapter 2, verse 1, it tells us, says, but for you teach what accords with sound doctrine. Now, remember, Titus 2 is one of those chapters we often think about the elders teaching the younger, and, and so we, we have men leading other men. As a pastor, I am to be a, a leader not just of men, but of, of men and women, and, and really this applies as well to women, but he was a leader of people. And if we're to be a leader of people, we are, we are to teach what accords with sound doctrine. Uh, course speech is not in accordance with sound doctrine. And if you go then down to verse 6 of Titus 2, he says, Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. What we're finding here is that John Gruden was not found to be a model of good works. We need to be found as a model of good works. The reality is if John Gruden would have been a model of good works and he would not have participated in those things, they could have never been uncovered and these things could have never been said of him. He says, in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech. Here it is that cannot be condemned. So that, en- so that an opponent may put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. There is a lot of talk, talk going on about who John Gruden is and if this was okay, if this wasn't okay, if he was targeted by the NFL, all of these things, and none of it matters really when the reality is if he would have spoke in such a way that he could not be condemned, then his opponents couldn't be putting him to, him to shame right now. And once again, as, as I talk about him, I talk about him as an example, not somebody that I am condemning, not somebody that I am throwing under the bus, but as somebody that I need to look at and say, if I am a leader of men, how am I leading men? As a pastor, as a Christian, as a father, how am I leading? Am I leading in such a way that I am speaking in a way that cannot be condemned? Am I speaking in such a way that has dignity? As Christians, we need to examine ourselves. When we see this happen publicly, we need to take a minute and say, how am I speaking? Am I, am I continuously speaking in a way, whether it's at work, at home, on the golf course, uh, the softball diamond, wherever it is, am I speaking in such a way that brings dignity, or am I speaking in such a way that somebody really could call me out eventually, just as they did here? 
The third thing that we need to learn from this, and it is something that Steve Byers brought out in his article, is that our speech reveals our heart. We know that if we've read Scripture. John, or rather Matthew 12, tells us that out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. There was a time where John Gruden said, I, I never had a blade of racism in me. Yet his emails seem to indicate otherwise. And the truth is that if it comes out of our mouth, then it's somewhere in our heart. So if we are a person who is prone to coarse jesting, we need to be careful that uh, we are fixing that. We need to look at our heart first and, and, and ask ourselves, what is in my heart that is causing me to do this? Our speech reveals our, uh, our heart, and Matthew calls that out for us. And then the last thing and the fourth thing that I want us to learn from this is that the cost of course, speech is immense. This has cost John Gruden, uh, really, obviously, for us to see a lot. It has cost him this 10-year, $100 million contract. Now, I understand that a guy like John Gruden has got more money than, than probably you and I could ever imagine, but still, it cost him this contract. Not only that, it, it cost him his reputation. It cost him, possibly, the ability to get a job anywhere else. His whole life has changed because of this. Now, again, I'm not here to get into cancel culture and, and all of that, but the reality is that you and I know is that it takes us a long time to build up our testimony. It takes a long time to build trust with other people, and it takes a very small amount of time. It takes, it takes very little things to tear that all down. And I want to ask you, is it worth some coarse jesting? Is it worth this kind of speech that we're told already we shouldn't do for the chance of, of losing everything in God's kingdom, maybe we could say? As in, if I'm that way, I'm not going to have an opportunity to witness. I'm, I'm pushing people away as I and so I'm not going to have a chance to witness. Is it worth that cost? Is it worth being that person going against already what, what Christ has called out as, as things that should not happen in our lives? I'm sure that if, that if John Gruden could, he would go back and, and probably change all, everything. He would change how he wrote those emails. He would change how he interacted with people. We have an opportunity now to look at that and learn from him and say, what might I change in my life? Especially as pastors. Guys, it's easy for us as pastors to get caught up in what's going on around us. It's easy for us to get caught up in coarse speech when we're with the guys, right? So what we need to do is be very careful that we don't because in an instant— it can ruin everything. In an instant, it can ruin a testimony. It can ruin an opportunity that we've been working on for years to share the, the love of Christ with a person. So I want to encourage you today as you look at this, and I know that we're kind of getting towards the end of it. It's not in the news as much as it was. But think from your perspective, what can I learn from this? What, what, how can I look at this example and learn from someone else's failures so I don't have to go through it? I would encourage you as parents, sit down and talk with your kids, especially those of you who have uh, kids who are NFL fans, and, and talk with them through this. Help them understand the things they can learn. What a great opportunity for them to learn now uh, how they should live and how they should speak so that they don't have this happen to them. 
Guys, thanks for watching. I hope this helped. I hope this was an encouragement to you. If you are brand new to my channel and, and you appreciated this content, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the little bell. It will notify you every time I upload new content. Uh, it also really helps the algorithm if you hit the like button. I know sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but it tells YouTube that you like it and then it, it makes it think, well, maybe somebody else would like this. So they show my video to other people. Really easy way to help me and encourage me is subscribe to my channel, like the videos, comment down below. What did you think about this video? What have you learned from this whole situation with John Gruden? What are some things I didn't mention that maybe we could learn? Put those down in the comments. Let me know what you think about this. And if you know somebody that this would benefit, please click the share button and get this in front of other people. I would love it if that happened as well. So thanks again for watching. We'll see you in the next video.